Hi, I'm Sean Sunday, and this is No Capes, the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics. Each week, we talk about a new comic that we've both read and loved with a new guest. So sit back, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to No Capes, the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics. And joining me today is Amy White, a fellow local, and uh, it's uh, time to talk comics. Amy, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Hey, um, yeah, I'm Amy. I'm a Brisbane artist. Uh, right now, I'm doing a webcomic series uh, named alien boy uh got some concept work for other comics and stuff yeah excellent what is going on with our comic something is going squirrely here that's not un okay nope there we go it's back um but now you've frozen that's interesting oh, and no. you're back I just refreshed it. It's all good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. That'll, uh, that'll just get edited out before this goes up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Technology. Wonderful. The best. Okay. So, yeah. To Amy and I are both Brisbane-based artists, which is really cool. It's nice to have another local on the show. I think I've only had one other Australian on the show so far. Um, oh, which wow. Which was uh, Tim McEwen, and he's down in Sydney, and... Um, he was co-founder of Supernova, actually. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and um, that was a really good chat with him. He was the second last episode of last season. Uh, and then I've had um, Michael Mullipola from New Zealand on as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and that was a really good chat with him. We talked about Bitterroot. Oh, awesome. That's a really good well, book if you haven't read that one. No, I haven't, but I'll check it out. Yeah, it's really cool. It's sort of um, uh, a steampunk, supernatural, New Orleans, Ooh. monster hunting, end of the world story. That's like right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it might be. Um, so yeah, today we're talking about uh, Gideon Falls, and um, Jeff Lemire is definitely one of my favorite weird shit writers. Oh yeah. So... I was excited to read this. Um, I've only read up to volume one so far uh, in prep for this episode. So if you have read further than that chat, no spoilies. Um, if you haven't read it at all, chat, there will be some spoilies. So maybe head off, read the comic and come back and watch this on YouTube if you care about spoilers. There's a link to volume one. Um, volume one is on sale for like four bucks on a Comixology right now. So good score. Um, so Definitely. do you want to introduce the comic and give us a little bit of background? Yeah, sure. So Gideon Falls is like a supernatural thriller mystery. It's in a small town called Gideon Falls. You have a priest and this guy that collects garbage and it's all centered around this thing called a black barn. And they're trying to figure out what this barn is that suddenly appears 
and it's just this whole ordeal of mystery and just strange things happening. You got murder. Yeah. Ghost. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah, like and and that's exactly it. Like the um, almost immediately we're introduced to ghost or murderer. It's, yeah, it's yeah, you're not really sure. Isn't fully clear. Um, I'm just going to warn you now, chat, we're going to get straight into the semi-spoilers. This is all stuff from sort of issue one, but maybe issue two, but if you care about getting spoiled, yeah, go read the comic, come back, watch the VOD. Um, yeah, the other priest before him that was supposedly dead. Just, yeah, Father Tom. Yeah, Father Tom turns up in his room and then runs off into the field, the black barn appears, and then suddenly the lady that welcomed him into town is in the field dead. Yep. We don't see the murder, <laughs> we just like... find the body. And then, like, the next day they find Father Tom dead in the river. Mm-hmm. Just jumps right into it. Yeah. And, like, my my feeling so far is still, like, we don't know whether Father Tom living did that murder or whether that was Father Tom's ghost trying to let the new guy know. Mm -hmm. Because he, he said that whole thing, that whole, quick, before he notices I'm gone. Yeah, it, it was strange. It, it made you question everything. And yeah. then it's all centered around that barn that just was there and then wasn't there. Yeah. And so... Going right back to the very beginning for for the chat, um, it focuses around. Is it? It's Tony, isn't it? This main guy. I've forgotten right now. Um, Norton. Norton, that's the one. Um, Norton here is one of our two main protagonists. Um, he's hunting through the trash for bits of something. Yeah, you don't know what yet. Yeah, it's just specific bits of of something um, nails and wood yeah and also the art is great um i th think oh it's fantastic i have to check but i think this is the same artist it was, um, did uh andrea sorrentino yes yeah i'm pretty sure yeah i'm just double checking that before i speak too soon um i get a lot of artists mixed up in my my head so i always have to research this um, I know they've worked together in the past, both Andrea and Jeff. Yeah. I think they worked on Green Arrow as well. Yes, I remember that Green Arrow run and Old Man Logan. Mm. Yeah. Um, I can't see Outcast in here, but this is just Wikipedia. So it might not be, but it might just be a similar style, but it gives me big Outcast vibes. And I really like the Outcast comic. I haven't watched the show yet. No, neither have I. Um, I found out about it a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. I'm not going to re-watch that until I've read the comic, though, because I don't know if I'm interested at all. Oh, okay, no. Mm -hmm. It's um, Paul Azaceda is the artist for Outcast. It's, so it's not the same, but like the, sh the amount of uh, shadow and, and harsh contrast is very similar vibes. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of people compare this comic with that series. Yeah, I really dig. Um, and, and now that we've I've, you've mentioned it, and I sort of looked at that, 
I really can click that it's the old man Logan and the Green Arrow style artist. Um, I can mm -hmm. see that in this work, but I, um, come on, Comixology, don't do it to me. There we go. Um, yeah, I can still, with the supernatural elements and everything and how much contrast there is in the style, I really like the similar vibes between the two. Yeah, I love this style and just the, um, the dark shading of the shadows with the sketches mm. inside of it, mm -hmm. it really kind of tells a story in itself, like there's something in the shadows. Yeah, exactly. And like this guy obviously feels unsafe about something. He's always wearing this mask. Yeah. Yep, that definitely it's funny because you see these things at the start and they all play a part. It all means something. Like you think, oh, he's just wearing a mask because he's going through garbage or something, but Yeah. Exactly. Like I, I'm super keen to sit down. I'm going to pick up the rest of the volumes um, this weekend and sit down and read the rest of the book, because where it ended at the end of volume one, I was just like, yeah, I, I was so frustrated that I didn't have the rest already. But um, it, it was good because it left it there, it left me something to look forward to. But this page in particular, um, I'm not sure if you've got the stream up. I love this. Yeah, with the, like, the fisheye lens. Yeah. Mm. I love experimenting with photographic techniques in illustration. Um, I'm not super great at it yet. I, I actually, the last piece that I was trying to do that with, I sort of gave up. Because I was like, I just need to get this friggin' thing finished. I don't have time to... Um, because I was trying to replicate something that I did by accident at uni back in 2019. But while I started overthinking it, and I'm like, this is not working the way that I want. I'll be working on this for like another month or two. Let's just do this the way I usually work, and I'll do it the next piece that way. Because um, I, I found I like experimenting with um, trying to do a faux soft focus. So you've got like the um, really harsh outlined mid-ground, super blurry foreground and moderately blurry background so that the focus is is there and I did that completely by accident on one of my assignments because we were doing photo photography at the same time as I was trying to just, just like grind out this one portrait piece that I had to do and I saw I looked at it and I was like oh that looks like that oh that's really cool yeah and I didn't realize that that's what I was just like trying something new but I didn't know what I was trying and every time I see somebody else that has experimented more with, like, a photographic technique in their art, I'm just like, that looks really cool. Because, like, not photorealism, but, like, photographic principles with the way that light bends and images morph and change. It's so interesting. Right. Um, what was the? Can you drop the link for your 
webcomic in the chat as well. I did forget to add that to the commands. It's been one of those weeks this week, so my memory is not as uh, fresh as I would like. Yeah, I, did, I pulled like three days of midnight to 2 a.m. finishes working on maps for the new show as well as scheduling stuff for no capes and whatnot. And my brain is just like, mm -mm, no, you sh that's not nice. Don't do that to me. But I did it. Right. And it's funny because I always feel like I don't have that much going on. But then I realize that I'm actually doing. Up. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I'm like, I've only got one weekly show, one monthly show, and a day job. That's that's fine, right? And it's like, yeah, but your day job is full-time, and you also have a daily art stream, and you're also drawing this and making that and have a family. Like, you're doing a lot, dude. You need to chill. <laughs> um... long I was actually working and now that I'm um working at home and for myself it's like wow I've got all this time now how did I do stuff before yeah yeah exactly and that was it like I simultaneously have gotten so much more done and so much less done from working from home mm. in it's like it's a weird paradox and how it feels but it's been great I, I love working with Arden Roleplay and some of the opportunities that I've I've had and like working with them now has gotten me some writing credits to my name, which is great. But yeah, that's it's, great. Yeah, it's always an interesting change. Like I've never done proper work from home before, let alone working in a corporate environment. So it was a really interesting change of pace. Mm -hmm. Good experience and stuff yeah. as well. And it's great because, like, they hired me knowing that I have this show every week and my own games and stuff like that. And they're like, yep, that's good. We can work with that. And since I work for social media oh, for them, wonderful. that works for them that I am out there. Yeah, yeah. Got, like, a social presence. Yeah. And uh, I found this really interesting, how he's, like, cataloging and, and putting everything in the jars. And again... Yeah, because it's... They've done the fisheye thing. You ask more questions. Yeah, exactly. They've done the fisheye thing again here, but only for the background. Not on him. But not him. Yeah. Let me see. Oh, hang on. Let me just switch to the double page spread window. There we go. Thank you again, Jordan Rasco, for your suggestion. Uh, when I was working on the new overlay for season two, Jordan suggested that I do a couple of alternate scenes where we can have a close-up of the top, middle, bottom of the page and a double-page spread switch because I didn't really have that set up last year and um, I got always got frustrated when we got to an amazing double-page spread and Comixology wasn't working with OBS to show it properly. Um, but now I can just switch between them. So a uh, big shout to Jordan Rasco for that advice because a lot of people charge for that kind of consultation. Uh, but yeah, I love this this scene where that they've done the, the fisheye lens thing on the... Well, it's kind of the background, but also kind of the foreground. Like it's... 
yeah, it's the, the the whole bookshelf thing is done with that. But the ground he's standing on and him are in perfect normal focus. I thought that was a really cool um, juxtaposition. Yeah, exactly. And it sort of gives you a feeling of how he feels that this is something massive that's only slowly starting to reveal itself. And it... Ah, there we go. Get rid of the guided view. <laughs> that's what was doing me. Um, let's go back to the main page so we can see the rest of it. Here we go. Um, and I love how it's all generally fairly muted, but like he is always more, he's not vibrant, but he doesn't have the same no. wash that everything around him has. Yeah. The, the colors in this series tell a big story. Like just notice how he's wearing red yeah. and red in this comic means a whole thing it's like detachment another world it's it's something and yeah like the black and red is always present when the friggin barn shows up yeah it, it's telling you that these two colors they mean something and they they do that a lot with this comic yeah oh okay yeah yeah i haven't seen enough of it to really get the reference but i'm just seeing that um the Black Barn was inspired a little bit by the Black Lodge from Twin Peaks. I was going to mention that, that this comic, it feels a lot like Twin Peaks. Yeah, like no, as, soon as, as soon as I read that sentence just now, I was like, ah, uh, yeah, I feel that. I haven't yeah. seen enough of Twin Peaks to know really about the Black Lodge. Oh, it's my favorite TV is, series. Is that the, the place where that room with the weird little dancing dude sitting in the and yes yeah okay see i've seen those scenes but i haven't seen anything else to get the greater context of what was going on there so yeah i definitely I, recommend it it's I wonderful get, yeah robin has seen it my partner but uh i just haven't gotten around mm. to watching much of it or the new version i haven't watched that either oh that's it's so good it's very bizarre just like this comic it's just bizarre and you're not introduced to him yet, but there's a character called the Laughing Man. Is that the weirdo and with he... the crazy teeth that's always in yeah, shadow? Yeah, it's like the big smile. Yeah. yeah. So he is very much like a character called Bob in Twin Peaks, who's always smiling. Oh, is that so the... there's, there's a lot of references there. Isn't Bob the one that hides behind the bed? Yeah. I remember that guy. Yeah. Um, I, what I do know of Twin Peaks is mostly from, um, Robin watching a lot of film YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and I've sort of absorbed it all by osmosis and it's all really fascinating, but I just, as a result, sometimes I think I've already watched something because I've watched those analysis videos about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. See, but that's another thing where Twin Peaks did so many things with cinematography and colors and... It was just unique, and this comic is is doing a similar thing with its paneling, and its colors, and its shading. It's it's 
just groundbreaking. It's incredible. It really is. Uh, I can't believe I slept on it for so long, but I, as I was telling you before the show, it's kind of because I can somehow my brain tricked me and convinced myself that I'd already read it. Yeah, and so, like, I, I didn't, do that all the time. Yeah, I didn't think I had slept on it. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't think I'd slept on it at all, and I'm loving it. I definitely um, want to find out more about this and how they're connected. I was just, towards the end of Volume 1, there was something starting to present itself, and I'm like, oh, fuck, what if? What if this, <laughs> what if that is this? Is this that? <laughs> Trust me, it's not what you think it is. That's what I'll say. It's so... It takes a big twist. Okay. And it, it takes you through this journey. It's yeah. incredible. It's... I, I'm really keen because it's specifically about Norton. Specifically about him. Yeah. As something was it's sort about... of... It's about... Well... No, no, the thing... Yeah. My theory. He's a big character. My theory is about Norton. He is a big character. Um, I'll oh. just... Oh, there's things I want to say, but I don't know if I can. Yeah, there's there's something that the sheriff said in volume one that got me was what Which got was... me thinking. It was about the the little brother and getting yes. eaten by the black barn, and I was just like, there are so many possibilities right now. <laughs> Good old Danny. So I'm I'm really interested to see what the deal is there. And, and that's what I do well, love that's... about um, a good Lemire comic, is the story takes you all kinds of places. Yeah, and they really set up a, a great mystery with this, and you just keep on asking questions with each page. And every time you think you've solved something, something else comes up, and it really just, your mind is, ah, it's great. Right. Have you read um, Sweet Tooth? No. It's one of Lemire's other indie comics, and it's really good. Oh, I'm going to check it they, out then. They just started a sequel series, like just a couple of months mm -hmm. ago, and um, Robert Downey Jr. is producing a movie based off it. Oh, wow. Yeah, like he, he liked the comic so much that he's funding a film, apparently. Mm -hmm. I, well, I hope they, they capture it. Oh, it's a net, yeah, it's a Netflix film. Um, oh, nice. Series of eight episodes, apparently, actually. Um, That's going to be exciting. I'll have to read the comic before I start the series. No, yeah, definitely do, because if it's a Netflix series, it's going to be good, but it will be different. And so mm. you might miss out on some of the original story. But it's a, it's a really good, like, sort of a post-apocalypse story where there's, like, human-animal hybrids. Um. Okay. Thanks, thanks to some kind of a, a virus or something, and yeah, it's really interesting. I'm gonna have to check that out later today. Yeah, it's 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 really solid, and of course, like Lemire's run on Animal Man and Justice League Dark were both really good. I dug those a lot. Mm -hmm. Um. I haven't read a lot of his Marvel stuff. I think I've read the Hawkeye run he did and the Old Man Logan run he did. 
Um, but I know I haven't read I the read... X-Men or Moon Knight run. His, um, I think it's one of the latest series he's done for DC, the Joker one. Oh, I'm not sure if I've now read that one. Now that's that. Hmm. Oh, I think I missed that one. Yeah, I think it's fairly new. Yeah, yeah, late last year. Yep, I am completely missed that. I haven't been keeping up with as much um, of the Cape comics lately, except for a few, a handful of characters, because of all the bloody crossovers. Yeah, I haven't really read any. I always end either. up <laughs> waiting until the crossovers are finished and then looking up a how to read guide, because yeah, <laughs> it's frustrating when they do them because they're so universe affecting that you'll mm -hmm. be reading if you're only reading like these five characters are my favorites i'm gonna read them and then suddenly they disappear and they're off on the next big crossover and to understand the story you have to read all of it <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of frustrating but that's how they get you to buy all these comics it's true it's true and if they always say that you can just read the core title <laughs> you can never just read the core <laughs> title I tried to do that with Blackest Night. I got the graphic novel of the core title of that. And so much of the story was missing. It was just That's annoying. massive jumps. And I'd be like, but what? And who? How? What's the context? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why I focus so much on the these non-superhero books, because... I love my heroes, I love my Spidey, I love my Nightwing, you know, uh, I love my Batgirls and whatnot, but mm -hmm. they're always sort of a variation on the same story. It'll be yeah. A, it'll be a good story, but often there's only so many stories that can be told. One super, super duper notable exception to that right now is the Immortal Hulk. Oh, Holy what's that one? shit. Hulk turned existential body horror. Ooh. It is so good. And the art is okay, so creepy. That. Like, Hulk only comes out at night these days and has, that's been like that for a while, but it's been more so that now with Immortal Hulk. If Banner dies, Hulk comes out. And then mm -hmm. at, at sun, sun, sun up, he turns back into Banner again. So Banner can't die because, well, more to the point, Banner is resurrected every day. Banner dies every day when he turns into the Hulk because of how brutal the transformation is now. It's not just him growing big and green and like Hulk, like mutates and explodes out of banner kind of like the thing how they yeah. transform into other creatures yeah. yeah oh that's amazing and there's it's like it turns out that the gamma radiation doesn't just mutate people anymore it actually unlocks a connection to hell or some kind of other dimension it's like a supernatural connection going on and so all That's of the gamma mutates, take. right? Yeah, all of the gamma mutates resurrect when they die now. 
because they've worked this thing out. And then it's... Who's it's, the oh, writer of this one? I can't remember who the main writer is because there's a few one-shots connected to it that other writers have been doing as well. Yeah. Um, so And they're all fantastic as well. Um... Al Ewing did issues one to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure after issues one to ten, but it's such a good run. Everyone that is is writing it is doing such a good job. Yeah, no, I'm checking that out. I just love horror spin on things. Yeah, and and that's it. There's some really good talent taking that sort of direction with some characters right now, and. Like, I'd kind of gotten bored of Hulk comics for a long time. Yeah. there was only... I think so- the last Hulk comic I read was the, um... The Lawyer, Se- the Lawyer Series one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The She-Hulk. Yeah. And, and she's went undergone some really cool changes recently in the comics as well. Um, Bruce did die at one point, and... Then they they did like a whole mental health and depression storyline with She-Hulk, where she was so deeply affected okay. by Bruce's death that it changed her She-Hulk persona. Like she turned went like this is when uh, a new version of the Savage She-Hulk series started coming out, and she got big and sh- like real solid, but she turned into Gray She-Hulk. Grey, okay. Yeah, because there's Grey Hulk, which was, like, the smart but really brutal one. And so we got yeah. Grey She-Hulk, who was even bigger and, like, r- like real Hulk proportions. Not just oh, good. Amazon proportions, but, like, real Hulk proportions. And angry, and she had green scars all over her body to oh, that's juxtapose the Grey. And it, it was a result of her mental health and anguish and grief over Bruce's death and everything else surrounding it. Um, yeah. And then she got, you know, she went through therapy and stuff like that and um, eventually became green again, still big. Like she got a, a big, not intelligent Hulk persona, like still a hero and everything like that, but much more aggressive and, only short sentences and stuff like that, like the main Hulk persona that we've known. Yeah. Um, and refers to herself in the third person. Yeah. And I think recently she got, after even more therapy, um, she has regained full faculties in Hulk form, but is still jacked. Good. <laughs> yeah, and was hooking up with Thor for a while. I say that enough. Oh, yes. No, I, I have seen some of that. Yeah. What a power couple. Right? But, yeah, like, like that's sort of the direction they went with that. They took it on, a, like, a mental health spin, which was a really interesting story. I haven't read all of it, yeah, but well, I've read enough of it to get that general grasp of it. And, yeah, I really like stories like that where they don't just do, do another... Different. Yeah, not just another save the world story. But it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's also a no. These are people. 
stories. I find the best comics are the ones that focus on the characters. Like um, Young Avengers, I absolutely loved that. I, I really like that. Because it just focused on these kids. I haven't read it recently, but I remember I was like really enjoying the original series of it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. But I haven't read the recent yeah. titles that much. I don't think I've read any of the recent ones. But when it did first die, it was absolutely just mwah, amazing. Yeah. Um, and I like the the main reason that I sort of go on that tear about uh, Immortal Hulk is that I would love to see Jeff do a run on Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of writers at the moment that I would love to see do that, and it's um, Jeff, um, Zach Thompson. I would really like to see. Um. Zach has got some really great horror out there. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, like I breathed a body is one. No one's rose was a really good sci-fi he did, and Lonely Receiver was a really interesting sort of existential sci-fi mental health obsession trip. And. The art for his comics is always really, really spinny. And Ooh. I think he would, um, oh, well, he's reading it right now, actually. I just, I'm just having a look just to, to double check some of the horror comics he'd done as well as his sci-fi stuff. And he's tweeting about the latest one shot and how much he loved it. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so like, yeah, he would be perfect for it. Yeah, that'd be great to see. I find um, it's so hard to find horror comics and writers for comics. It's well, I can tell you right now. Very much um, niche. Cullen Bunn is one to watch out for. Uh, Cullen does mm-hmm. some really great horror stuff. Uh, Zach Thompson does some really great horror stuff. He did a really good one um, not long ago called uh, The Replacer, and it was actually mm-hmm. uh, like a fictional expression of his own story about dealing with a family member having a stroke and changing dramatically overnight and depression and coping so and coming to grips with that and it's it's very real yeah exactly and so it's about a little boy whose dad had a stroke and came back and but the boy is convinced that it's a demon that has taken over his dad's body and forced him to be like that and it gets really dark but it's As really good do. yeah i'm yeah. gonna check that one out that sounds amazing um but as far as this one goes here is where we're finally getting an introduction a proper introduction to our our pastor yep father wilfred yeah that's the one father fred and then this guy this page instantly i was like Oh, yeah, this guy's going to be trouble later. Oh, yes. And he is. And notice how he smiles. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's got that... Like, it's a it's a too big smile. Like, it's too wide for his face. It, it's very unsettling. And in this comic, it, it kind of does that a few times where characters are introduced and you think, oh, maybe they'll just come back as a background character. They might have some dialogue here and there, but... Every character plays a huge role. Yeah. 
That's it. And the second he did that smile, at first, like, he looked just looked like a shit. And I'm like, okay, the pastor's going to have to deal with him causing trouble in the church being drunk or something. But then I'd like that next smile. I was like, oh no, this guy's bad news. There's something wrong with this. This is not going to end well. And mm-hmm. it doesn't. Yeah. No. No, it does no, not. No, it does not. I still don't know his full deal yet, but I did, you know, obviously I did get to the part where that all goes down. Yes. And he. Uh, have you seen the barn where he. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 He disappears in the barn and that's, yeah. that's. And then, yeah, uh, Wilfred tears off after him. And then the, like the doors slam shut or something. Yeah. Cause the last time we heard of someone going in the barn, I think it was with Danny yeah. and he never came back. Exactly. So you're asking, oh, are they, where are they going? Are they not going to return? Yep. Are they going to turn up somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Lots of questions. Yeah. And, like, this lady here, there was something, just something about her. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I wasn't sure whether she was yeah. going to... Well, I wasn't expecting her to be the murder victim. No. But I, the... I wasn't sure if she was going to end up being a helper or one of the bad guys i thought it was kind of like a um you know in sherlock holmes you have uh what's her name miss hudson or oh something. yeah yeah and she's just like a nice little helper lady yeah i wasn't sure if it was gonna but, be like a mrs yeah. hudson scene or a uh, setting or like uh hot fuzz oh yeah <laughs> or it turns out she's part of some kind of sinister behind <laughs> like the scenes thing cult. oh that would have been hilarious yeah, I wasn't too sure where it was going to go. And then, yeah, this whole thing with the uh, old mate's therapist, uh, Norton's therapist, and how she's, like, yeah. about to get him recommitted. And then she sees it. She sees the barn. Ah, here he is. And not everyone has seen it either, I think. Yeah, Doc hasn't seen it. I don't know... Yeah, he hasn't seen it, but he believes in it. Yeah. Um, I, the sheriff hasn't seen it, that I remember. No, no, she hasn't. But she doesn't believe in it at no. all. No, and then she sees the evidence of it, but still doesn't believe and in still it. still doesn't believe it. Yeah, it's like this whole, um, like in small towns when they have a UFO sighting and... Mm. All these people have this shared experience and urban legend, and it's very much like that with this town. Instead of a UFO, it's this barn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Jacob in the chat just said exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> that this is an unsettling image. This image of Father Tom like sitting on the end of the it bed. It is! Yeah. Like, as soon as I got to this page, I was like, ugh. And what? notice the the red. Yeah. Yep, the red. It only really shows up when the barn is involved. Yeah. And then he takes off. And then... Yep. He's just gone. That's... It's really great how this comic does horror. Because it, it's very hard to do because you can't rely on jump scares or anything. Exactly. But 
there's something to do with the art style mm. and just the pacing that really gives you that unsettling yeah. vibe. There have been a few comics, I can't remember which ones off the top of my head, but there's only been a handful that actually execute jump scares in the format of a comic. Mm-hmm. And it's, but you've got to be really precise about it. Immersed. It has to be, yeah, it has to be a really immersive story and it has to be precisely the correct number of pages in to take advantage of that page turn. Yep. And I think this comic does that very well where you turn the page and you'll gasp in shock about yeah. what's there. I'm just going to switch to the double page spread again because this is a great shot of the barn. Um, it, it really is. Yeah. This comic does this a lot where they make things upside down or they'll do um, panels where they twist. And that also makes it very immersive where you have to actually turn the comic and feel like you're involved and that plays a part in jump scares as well because it's so in it exactly i love this too um between volume like issue one and issue two and it's got this like overhead Mm -hmm. shot of gideon falls but it's like the preacher's face yeah they do that a lot where there's an image in an image, or there's a story in an image. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with the, uh, the the therapist now. Now that she's seen the barn. Yeah, she's, she's a big character. I, I'm looking forward to that. And you don't expect that. that. Yeah. Also, uh, this this guy here, the bald guy... You know, he's got the red cap and he like he addresses Norton so deliberately. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he is anything, but it feels like there's a reason. He is, and again, because of that red, you question it. Yeah. And, cause, and especially because in the next scene here, we find that his place has been busted into. Mm-hmm. And some things have been taken, like yeah, some of his Stuff nails have been taken. He's been collecting. Did we discuss what he's collecting these for? Um, I don't think we got all the way there yet. We started talking about how at the start of the comic you don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, so spoilers again for the chat. Um, yeah, it's it's his pieces of of the barn, and which and I found really interesting. Question... Like, why, why are these pieces scattered around this city? Well, I was thinking that as well. and But then, you know, the barn just appears all the time yeah. in, in different places and to random people. So it's like leaving behind traces of itself. And I don't know if that's where the comic goes later, but it almost feels like that's how it influences the world. You know, like it's got this presence... Yeah. And so by leaving pieces of itself behind, it leaves its influence. Yeah, it does do that. It um, also leaves a square, like an, a dent in grass yes. sometimes when it appears, like crop circles. Mm-hmm. I saw that. That was really cool. 
Yeah, so it definitely does leave pieces of it behind. And, I mean, and it like, does haunt people. Yeah. Uh, and there we go. And here they find Father Tom, and he's got one of the nails. Mm -hmm. Don't know if it's one of Norton's nails, but it is. And it's a nail. Yeah. And then, yeah, they explain that he's only been dead for a few hours when right? really they thought he'd been dead for, like, months. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They thought he'd drowned months ago when they found his car. Oh, man. I didn't notice when I was reading it before, but the the, uh, the laughing man or whatever he's called here, he's like, he's missing the top half of his head. Yep. He, they explain it that he's not really a shadow, he's just the absent of light yeah yeah i saw i saw when they were talking about that yeah and, and yeah like he's got nothing from here up mm -hmm. but I, I didn't notice that just before presence yeah they don't really make him solid he's just an imprint he's there yeah uh, here we go there's another one of those portraits i really like that yeah yeah and here comes the sheriff to talk to, to Father Wilfred about what's going on. And then, um, it was really interesting with this part here because, like, Norton is kind of doing what the therapist was worried about. You know, becoming a danger to himself or others around him and becoming paranoid. But also, mm -hmm. like, he's actually not. Because there is some weird otherworldly shit going on it is real and somebody broke into his house and stole his shit mm -hmm. uh, but they didn't just take anything you know they couldn't didn't take any of his belongings they took very yeah, specific valuable. pieces of stuff relating to the black barn mm -hmm. and you know he tries to explain that but it just makes him seem more crazy yeah But then she sees it a second time as well. And yeah, because the first time she sees it, she thinks it's just a shared psychosis thing. Yeah. And then, she, yeah, she sees it again and sees... Well, she actually simultaneously sees what's going on when Wilfred goes to uh, Joey and Jeanette's place. Is that the Yeah. Names? I think... Um something like that joe yeah janet joe and janet there you go yeah and i wasn't sure who she was seeing for a second until we then moved forward to that part of the story and i was like oh shit this is the exact room that uh the therapist was looking at and like the barn was showing her joe trying to murder the the priest yeah i wonder if that was in real time or if she just kind of saw into the future right i'm not sure but this sequence okay and i gotta go to the double page spread again was really cool this was a really interesting way to do the sequentials of this Yeah. 
panel. They, yeah, they really do. I was really impressed with that. That was one of my favourite parts of this volume. Um, and it's really interesting. Like, the colours and everything are so muted in this comic, but it's not a bad thing. You know, no, they like, know when to use the colour. Yeah, they know when to bring in the vibrant colours and... For some, I'm not exactly sure why, but for some reason, this muted palette pulls you into the story. Definitely. It's like reality. You don't realize how dull the colors are around you. Right. Ah, and that's just what this is. It's just a representation of reality. Yeah. And this was really cool, too. I actually didn't, I was very tired when I was reading it. I didn't notice the skull in this frame when I was reading it before. Uh, and the way yeah. they, the way they've executed that is really cool. Just hidden images. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And so... there's always things you don't notice at first. Like when I reread this, I didn't notice the, um, the le older lady that met Wilfred to begin with. She had an arm missing. Yeah. And she had the, the, what was that? That hook? Yeah, and that's what and she that's was murdered with. that's the thing she was with. actually murdered with. Yeah, and it's like, that That was the thing that you sort of, like, I knew something dangerous was going to be around her. Um, but I wasn't sure exactly what it was. Like, I didn't think that she was dangerous like, the way they portrayed it, it didn't look like she, they were trying to make her look dangerous because she was disabled, but they did sort of show her particular prosthesis as if it was an important mm -hmm. part of her story. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that, yes, yeah, somebody used it to murder her. Uh, so it was like... It all a, means something this. Yeah. And I did like the way that they did that, too, because she wasn't a bad guy or anything like that. I would have been kind of disappointed... If the dis disabled older woman turned out to be a villain, yeah, but it that it wasn't so why they were drawing cheap. attention to it, which was a relief. I didn't think Lemire yeah. would do that because of how I've read his previous work, but you know, you never know with just storytelling and people not really thinking about these things sometimes. No. And you do see that a lot in just um, random horror films. Well, they'll yeah, just... Ugh. Exactly. And, and here we go. Here is the result of what the therapist was seeing. Mm -hmm. So it turns out like she was seeing the imminent murder of this cop. Yeah, and it's... It's the guy that was smiling at the bus. Yeah. When Wilfred first came into town. Exactly. And, you know, he's got... He's got this scalpel. I'm not sure where he got that. And, it, like, the doc says it's not one of his. And then they get into the field and... There's the big square in the grass. Like, you know, in the... Yep, the crop circle. And he's gone.
but where is he? Where did he go? What is the barn? Right. And then here, the background of this it obviously must be some of the drawings that he was doing while he was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Red and black. Oh. One second. I just gotta go and answer the door. <laughs> Okie dokie. Welcome back. Terrible timing, but good news. That was the dice tower for tomorrow's game. Hell yeah. Um, one of my sponsors created a full custom dice tower that is the spire that the game is set in. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and so like I, I'm getting one for the show, and he's made one for the winning team gets one. Oh my, I want to see it. Yeah, I can't wait to build it. Um... Once we once we wrap up, I will actually run the video that shows it off on the channel before we we sign off. Awesome. Um, but yeah, we were talking about his drawings. Yeah, that's right. And um, here, obviously, is you know is the black barn again, but also what appears to be a bunch of people that have been lynched. Yeah. You know, I didn't notice that. Neither did I. I just noticed it now. Then there's all these um crosses as well. Hmm. It's really interesting. I I mean, I mean, you probably you already know more about it than me, but I'm interested to find out where that ties in later. Um. Again, more red here. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember the red being on Doc's door when oh, you the know what? first came. Yeah, he's got a red door. Yeah. I don't remember that being there at the start of the comic. I'm not sure if it was. I can't remember. Because it, it's so... Who has a red door? That's so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, that's what... That's... What are they trying to, to connect him to there? Yeah, it's it's... In a way, it's... An entrance to the answers of what the barn is. Yeah. Because this is what Doc kind of is. He's, he's collecting all these newspapers that's talked about this appearance over the years. Right. So it kind of gives a, a history to it. Yeah, and then there's the, uh, the whole hypnotism scene. Which was done beautifully. Yeah. And this scene here... This actually, again, brings me back to Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Because part of the whole story now is that there is something called the Green Door. When they is that die, like the entrance to the Hulk? When they die, they go to the below place, 
and mm-hmm. they come back via this green door. And the green door is like an okay. entrance into and out of this hell dimension. Well, yeah, there is it, it is like that, then, isn't yeah. it? And there is also the red door. What's the red door? They can't come back. If oh, the... so if you get the red door, you're stuffed? Yeah, if, you, if it's the red door, then it's final death. Damn. Like, I... green for go, yeah. red for stop. But it's it's a real... The, how that happens is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so like, I find that interesting here. That there's simultaneously a green and red door. Yeah. Another reason why I'd love to see Jeff work on Immortal Hulk. Because <laughs> he's done the green and red door. And we'll just it's a like sign. He's, he's played with this this whole supernatural, otherworldly doorway theme. And yeah, from I, what I can tell, he'd be a great writer for it. Yeah. And then here, again, here's the black barn, but the doorway is all scribbly and unstable. Mm-hmm. Kind of shows it's not part of their realm. Yeah. It doesn't match their style. Yeah, right? Like, the, the building might be there, but what is inside is not of this world. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, this this is where it ended. And I was like, No! Oh, that's all you've seen. Yeah, uh, this is as far as I got. So much happens. Oh, wait. Or is it? Actually. No, I got through here. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I got... Did I get up to here? Yep. I saw oh, where all they're, this. they're building a door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yep. I got to... And this is inside the barn. Yeah. I got to here. This was the last thing I saw with when the doors slammed shut. Well, and it shows you a bit of um, Wilfred's past as well, because he has something dark. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about that, but I hadn't gotten that far yet. I think... Actually, no, yeah, I got to here. I saw the start of this, but I didn't see what else happened past that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. This is. I'm remembering this now. Uh, oh, I just love that whole sequence. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I remember seeing the little. Yep. They came out of the barn. I like here how it's disintegrating into like pixels. Yeah. Like it, it was never really there. And then. They're back to the muted color palette as well. Yeah. All right. And yeah, and here the fucking, the, the bishop calls him up and he's like, you knew this was going on. Yeah. It, it. Why does the bishop know? Who is he? Why did he send Wilfred to this town? Right. Ah, oh, yeah. There it is. Yep. Yeah. I do remember. I did read all the way to the end here where they said they're going to build the barn. Would it? Oh, also, you see the name of the city. Yeah. Gideon Hall. Mm-hmm. But the town that Wilfred is in is called Gideon Falls. Right. 
Okay, I actually... Big thing. Right. I didn't notice that last... Right. Mm -hmm. It's very subtle. Like, it's just tucked away in that corner. Yeah. Okay. Shit. <laughs> now I need to Got know. Got any theories? No, I just, no, no, now I need to know, but I don't know when I'm going to get to read the rest of it. <laughs> it's going to be burning in the back of the head until I can read the rest of it. Oh, oh boy. Got to. It's, it's one of my favorite comics I've read so far. Yeah, no, it's, it's really good. I think if you love this so much, you'll definitely like Zach Thompson's work. Um, and mm -hmm. I would recommend checking out all of the horror titles that Vault Comics is putting out. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all fab. Um, the plot is really, really, really good. I'm talking about that soon on the show with someone. Um, Ooh. Resonant is... It's not a straight horror, but it has, like, a lot of dark elements. Mm -hmm. um, it's really good. Um, I had the creators of the plot on the show last season, and... They both had really interesting things to say about some of the comics I was reading. Um, These Savage Shores was uh, re really interesting. Fearscape I haven't read yet, but I've heard amazing things about. Mm -hmm. um, but those are some of their main horror comics right now. Um, there's one more. What is it? What is it? What is it? Not sure. Friendo is really good. It's not. It's a more of a sci-fi, but it is a weird. Uh, it's an exploration of uh, capitalism and commercialism. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Um, she said, "Destroy." I keep forgetting to read and thinking I've already read it. Uh, it's a really good one with Liana Kangas on art. But anything by Vault, you're probably gonna like it if you like this. All right, I'll trust your recommendation. Yeah, they've put out some amazing stuff in the last couple of years, and all the creators are super nice people and really active awesome. on Twitter and stuff. So, um, actually, I am in a book with one of them. Oh, really? Um, Liana did a couple of pages for the Mecca book that I did a page for last year, mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. Uh, just to to see some of these creators are in the same book that I ended up in is just feels really cool. Makes you feel proud. Yeah. Um, like Simone, I'm not sure if it's Simon or Simone. Um, I, I'm not sure with Italian names sometimes, uh, but uh, Simone Regazzoni from Boom Studios Power Rangers book yeah. did a couple of pages for this as well. And his pages are next level, especially like I was impressed with the black and white. But then they mm -hmm. were some of the pages the that ended up in color in the final book. Because it's, it's a really yeah. interesting book. It's written by Frankie White. Um, and it's like a narrative zine. So it's not all straight graphic novel. Some pages are mostly text with like some diagrams of the mechs and stuff. Some pages are mm -hmm. full sequential art. Um, and, and that sort of thing. And every one to two pages is a new artist. So we all got one or two awesome. pages each through the book. Um, and it's the the finale to a mecha anime that never existed. Is that the prompt? Yeah. Yeah, that's 
that's the uh, the tagline for the book and it's really cool i haven't read the whole thing yet i got the pdf already from frankie but i'm waiting until the hardcover <laughs> arrives when will that come out um well you can order the hardcover from him now like the kickstarter finished last oh. year and it's already started sh like all the american backers have received their books but the the hardcover is available on his gumroad right now and it's actually a fundraiser for the trevor project mm -hmm. um so the, the kickstarter was but also the sales of the book now are still raising money for the trevor project uh, all right well and that is I'll go check that out in the chat um, so yeah, that was why I wanted to be involved with it because I was like, like one, Frankie's really cool, and I wanted to work with him. Two, I love Mecha. Yeah, and exactly, and like it was for a really, really good cause. So I was stoked to be a part of that because um, there was some so, TTRPG stuff that was benefiting the Trevor Project last year, but I couldn't get involved. Mm -hmm. So you do a lot of like Mecha stuff because that's very hard to do. I don't. This is actually my first Mecha stuff. Oh, wow. How'd you find it? Tricky, but fun. I tried not to go too hardcore on their fiddly little details, and but still mm -hmm. stay as true to the design of the particular mecha that was on my page as I could. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm mostly, you see, like, a finger and a full arm of the mecha, and then the rest is, like, extreme close-ups of bits of the mecha in the background and stuff, focusing on the pilot. Oh damn, that's cool. Um, but it was it was really interesting, and I am keen to see how the whole book comes together. Yeah, I'm very keen to check that out. Um, one of my friends down in Melbourne has already received her poster and pin, so she's just waiting for the book. Mm -hmm. But she was very quick to be like, okay. "I got my stuff. I haven't got my stuff yet, <laughs> and I'm in it." <laughs> But, like, the extras were finished first, so Frankie sent out all the little extra bits and pieces to everyone while we were waiting for the comics to get printed. Mm -hmm. but so it's... did he do all the designs for the extra bits and pieces? Um, no, he got he had some of the other artists create, like, the poster and the pin and stuff like that, but, like, he worked very closely with those artists to develop all the concept art and stuff as the, mm -hmm. the author. Um, but, yeah, those were all the posters and the enamel pins and stuff were printed first so they went out early so everyone could get those especially with shipping from america being delayed at the moment yeah 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 but i'm stoked i can't wait for it probably won't be till like end of next month start of the month after that i'll get my books because they're in a snowstorm right now mm -hmm. frankie posted yeah. a picture yesterday of chicago and how everything was just snowed in he's like I'm never going to get to finish posting these comics. <laughs> so it looks... This world is absolute chaos. It is. It really is. But the best thing Had to all those fires do... last year and now it's big snowstorm. Right? Um, I'm just glad that we're not on fire again this year. Yeah. I think... Touch wood. Ugh. Was it... I think it was Fraser or one of the smaller islands had some fires at the start of the year. Yes. That's all I've heard yeah, from but, Big Fire. Yeah, as far as I know, that's the only ones that we've had. 
Um, so that's that was a relief. I was concerned that it was going to be not as bad, but we were going to get fires again this year because even though all the big fuel was taken care of, long dry grass has had a year to grow in the place. And if there's yeah. something that spreads fire real fast, it's dry grass. I think they've learned how to, well, not learned, but they've taken care of it well this year. Yeah, hopefully. I think so I think. too. It's been a relief. Mm. Awesome. Well, if you haven't been convinced to read the book yet, I'm just going to just go read the book because it's, it's really good. Um, I can see myself after I finish my work today, sitting down to read the rest of the whole series tonight. Yes. You better come scream at me about it. I oh, know I will. As soon as I finish writing, I'll probably after every issue, I'll be texting you going, Hey, so this, the what thing, does this mean? the thing that I thought happened was actually something else or was the thing. Yeah. Uh, but I I'm can tell you right now, if my theory is correct, you will hear about it real quick. Which theory? The one with... Um... The one relating to Norton and he, what the stuff that he can't remember. Mm-hmm. I have theories about that. Well, I have a feeling a that theory. I'm... I have a feeling I'm going to be wrong. But... Well, find out. Yeah, I'll find out tonight. And I'm not going to tell you just in case I can read your facial expression and spoil it for myself. Okay. All right. I'll put on my poker face anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll text it to you after the show. Okay, cool. cool and then cool. once I've read it, I'll let you know. Awesome. That sounds good. But yeah, um, no, check out this comic if people haven't. And like I was saying to you earlier, I think the first issue is free right now on Comixology. Yeah. So I you think... can get a taste of it. I think it is. And I mean, the first issue is free. And if you like that, the first volume is half price right now. It's $4. Mm. Um, let me just double check the single issues and make sure that it is still free. It usually is. Yes, it is. I'm pretty sure the the big bundle is $30 all off as well. And that's 27 issues. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, it's $25 right now. It's on sale, 30% off. There you go. So, highly recommend. Yeah, no, it's... it's it a... sounds like a pretty small series, but a lot happens, and the pacing yeah. is done very well, and the art's amazing. It's, it's a very good read. Yeah. No, I, I'm really enjoying it. I recommend it to everyone. If you've read Sweet Tooth, you'll enjoy it. If you've read Jeff's uh, I Rot... Uh, Old Man Logan run, you'll enjoy it. If you've read his Green Arrow run, you'll enjoy it. Um, it's a really interesting book. There's a lot to it. It's very suspenseful. And the art is really interesting. Um, and I think it's perfect for this story, too. Like I said, it's got similar vibes, but actually is completely different to the art from Outcast. If you know me, like... I, yeah, similar I, vibes. Yeah. I, I, when I looked at it to double check whether it was the same person, I was like, oh, no, this is not the same at all. But then it's the sort of slightly more muted color palettes and heavy use of 
shadow and contrast mm. brings the vibe. Um, so definitely, it, it kind of takes different pieces from a lot of things and makes it it its own thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it really does. Um, yeah, completely different art styles, very similar vibes in terms of the feel of the story. So if you have read Outcast and like that, you'll like this. Or if you read this and like like it, you'll also like Outcast. I definitely recommend reading both of them. Um, Outcast is almost finished. It's actually a pretty long-running series. So I'm keen to, to find out what happens in the end in that too. So where can everyone find you, Amy? Um, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, Amy Woods, my name's right there. Or uh, under Wamai, which is W-A-M-A-I-I. <laughs> That's my main source. I've got lots of links from there. Cool, cool. And uh, those links are in the chat. And if you're watching on YouTube, they will be below in the description. Um, Amy's webcomic is also in the description below and in the chat if you're watching this live. So just scroll up a little bit and you will find it. And obviously, you can find me at Brainbee Studios on all social media. Um, if you like my comics, and uh, you like the show, you like talking about comics, if you like my RPG content, or just like tabletop gaming and want to talk about it, you can join my Discord and get to know my community who are also big comics nerds and big tabletop gaming nerds. Uh, and there's also a lot of art resources and stuff like that in it. Um, speaking of which, if I haven't already... Let me know, and I'll send you a link to the Australian Illustrators Discord. Ooh. Because I set that up, and I can't remember if I have sent it to you. And that's in the chat. If you're an Australian okay. illustrator, and you want to hang out with other Australian illustrators and get access to tips and tricks and tutorials and tools and software to make your life easier, um, and just cross-promote and hang out with people that is there and we're trying to organize some bigger community events and stuff this year um looking forward to doing some mutual canvas art jams Ooh. Um, michael actually when we did our episode of no capes showed me this uh online app where you can just everyone can just log into the same room and draw on one canvas oh what app is it though um i can't remember i have to find it uh, but he says okay. he uses it for a lot of his, like, online Twitch jams. Because uh, I know there's some iffy ones out there. This one, he he recommended this one, and he's a professional comics creator. So I okay. think okay, it's cool. a decent one. I know there are some crappy ones out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he, he um, was it, is he working on the WWE comics at the moment, I think? Oh, yeah. Um, and I think he worked on some of the Street Fighter Udon comics as well. Some good anatomy. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's got some really good stuff. Um, I really dig his work. Uh, and really nice guy too. I had a really good chat to him about that comic. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, looking forward to doing some of that soon. We we're going to try to start it last month, but timetables with everyone didn't really work out because... Not everyone does work from home, and some people have to go to the office during work hours, which is when I'm streaming. Mm hmm That was um, our problem last time, wasn't it? Yeah, I had work yeah, yeah. For now. Yep. 
But um, I'm really glad that we were finally able to schedule it up for this season, especially now that I got things fine-tuned for the show this year. Uh, so thank yeah, you well, very much. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for joining me. Um, thanks for being a part of the community, and I'm looking forward to following your comics as well um, and seeing what thank comes you. for the rest of this year. And obviously years be ahead, but I try to take it one year at a time <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you gotta do <laughs> exactly um and i'm about to roll the shifting spire trailer as well um the grand prize Ooh. reveal so for anyone who hasn't seen that yet stick around you're going to see what all of our winners are going to receive for finishing the tower but i have been sean sunday this has been amy woods and this has been no capes thanks for joining us go follow Amy on social media. Go check out Jeff and the rest of the team on Gideon Falls on social media. And tune in tomorrow night at 5pm on this channel for my nervous ass doing my first <laughs> episode of my first ongoing D&D show. It's the biggest project I've ever undertaken. We'll see what happens. You'll be great. It'll be great. <laughs> Now, let me find this video, and we'll roll that, and that will be us for today. Thank you very much for joining us today, Amy. I really appreciate your time, and it was a really cool chat. I wish I'd been able to finish the comic before we went live, so I could chat about all the theories. All the theories. Oh, so much, but it's fine. This was great. No, it's been, it's been really good. I am looking forward to reading it later and coming back to you going, holy shit. Mm-hmm. And you will. Awesome. And okay. So until next time, everyone, this has been No Capes. Stick around for the next uh, 40 seconds or so for the grand prize reveal. And I'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening to another episode of No Capes, the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics. It's just a reminder that this is recorded as a video talk show originally. And as always, you can check the episodes out on YouTube if you want to see the art that we've talked about in this episode. If you'd like to support the show, especially with Season 3 coming up, consider subscribing to Patreon at $5 and up, or dropping a donation over at Ko-fi. Every little bit goes to support the show and help me make more comics for you to read. So if you'd like to check those out, the links are in the description. Until next time, keep reading comics.